Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. So I've been living with type 1 diabetes for eight years, and of those eight years, I've been on an insulin pump for seven and a half. That means I've gone through 912 site changes, and that's not even counting my continuous glucose monitor. If you're living with diabetes, then you know that these diabetes devices are precious, and when we're just trying to do the things that we love, like being active, hanging out with our friends, traveling, we literally do not have time for our devices coming off and then dealing with insurance on top of that to deal with replacements. That is why I'm so happy that I found Syngrip, my favorite diabetes patch company, three years ago. Before finding them, my devices used to always knock off on doorways or sweat off after a workout. But since finding them, I can honestly say that I can go to the gym four days a week, sweat it up in hot yoga, go to the beach, and travel without having to worry about anything happening to my devices. As a type 1 diabetic who wants to make the most out of these experiences, I can't tell you how comforting it is to know that I have one less thing to worry about. Whether you're on an insulin pump or a continuous glucose monitor, you can try out SkinGrip at SkinGrip.com and save on your order by using the code LISSIE, L-I-S-S-I-E, at checkout. Now let's dive into this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Keep 100 Radio. On today's episode, we actually have a former Keep 100 client. Keep 100 is our 10-week hybrid coaching program for type 1 diabetics, and Christine went through our program. She just graduated about two weeks ago. So I'm really excited to have your fresh perspective on kind of life before and after. And we're specifically to me diving a lot into the use of technology and how it can be such a great thing, especially now that, you know, auto mode is more available in different pumps and, you know, the use of CGMs and everything, but how it can actually take a turn as well. So we'll we'll kind of dive into how it can kind of be used as a, a band-aid effect sometimes. But before we dive in, Christine, I want to give you the mic to introduce yourself, tell everyone a little bit about you. Okay. Hi, Lizzie. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Um, like you said, I just finished your program about two weeks ago and uh, I'm feeling amazing. Awesome. Um, so happy I did it. Wish I had done it sooner. <laughs> Um, I am 32 years old. I've been diabetic for just about 22 years. Um, diagnosed when I was 10. So I started on shots and eating really strict and eating at certain times and has since evolved to using the insulin pump and the glucose monitor and all that fun technology. So it's been quite the adventure. Um, I'm also a nurse. I've been a nurse for six years. I work in the operating room. I absolutely love what I do. I love taking care of people. It's been my passion for a very long time. Um, Other than that, I am recently married. We live in Northern New Jersey, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. another New Jerseyan. (laughs) Um, So we love to like check out new restaurants and new breweries and anything outdoors, love to go hiking or down the Jersey shore. So that's kind of a little bit about me. I love it. Yeah, I remember specifically one of our conversations was about pizza and majority of the people who in the group were on the West Coast. And I feel like nobody understands New Jersey pizza like New Jerseyan. <laughs> so no I remember one. that being 
It's like a lifeline. Like you have to have it. Pizza and bagels, like probably the two most complicated things for diabetics are like our staples. But it's so, the the quality is just so different. Oh my God. Yeah. You can't go anywhere else and have it. It's the best in New York and New Jersey. So, but let's kind of dive into a little bit about your diagnosis. So like you mentioned, you've been, you've been living with diabetes for 22 years. You were diagnosed when you were 10. Now that's something that I you know, that's very different from my journey. I was 19, but you were kind of in those preteen years. So do you mind sharing a little bit more about your experience, what that diagnosis was like? Um, Yeah. Just sharing a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So I was 10. It was really confusing. Honestly, I had no clue what was going on because at that age, you're like, what? Diabetes? I'd never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. Um, Long story short, my mom, you know, noticed those telltale symptoms, you know, frequent urination, drinking a lot of water, excessive weight loss. So she brought me to the doctor and sure enough, I'll never forget my sugar was 497, which actually isn't that high considering I was, you know, not diagnosed yet. Um, and I, I was just like, I have no idea what this means. And the doctor said, you have to go to the hospital. And that's when I started crying and was like, oh my God, I have to go to the hospital. So I remember spending, I was probably there about four or five days. Um, and it's kind of a blur cause I was so young, but it was just, I remember them telling me I could only eat at certain times. I could only eat certain amounts. I had to take shots. I had to prick my finger and it was very traumatizing at the time. Um, fortunately my parents took a lot of it over, um, for me, but as the months went on, I mean, I started giving myself injections when I was only 10 and a half, 11, um, you know, drawing up my own insulin, which with my parents watching, obviously, mm-hmm. but drawing up my own insulin, injecting myself with it. Um, so I've been kind of self-managing for a long time, um, always under their care in the beginning. But um, so when I was diagnosed, I went I was diagnosed at Hackensack uh, Hospital back then, and they had a program for diabetics. So I went through that. I actually just came across my um, graduation from that, which was 22 years ago, which is crazy. But um, they taught you all about, you know, carb counting and taking your insulin. And back then I was on N and R, um, which... I know R still exists. I don't know about N, but yeah, it was crazy. So it was like the N I had to take twice a day. The R you had to take at least a half an hour before your meal. So kick in. It was like super, super strict. Um, So I did their program, which was actually at the time really, really good. Um, But it was great back then. It Mm -hmm. didn't really translate going forward. Uh, so it was, it helped me, but it was more so for the parents too to get them to learn. And then as the new technology came out, you know, things shifted and I wasn't doing injections anymore. And it was just a very different ball game. And it was very basic, you know, you, you eat your carbs and you take your insulin, you know, that, that was it. And you can't eat at these times and you can't have lots of sugar and you can't have, it was very, very regimented. Um, and I never learned anything about any other, how nutrition affects, you know, what I learned in keeping it 100 about protein and fat and fiber. Like I had no idea about fiber. (laughs) 
So that was quite uh, surprising to me. So the support was there, um, but it was there in the very beginning. And then it very quickly vanished. Um, and it was like, you know, you'd see the doctor every three months and it was, okay, well, what's your A1C? Well, that's too high. You need to lower it. But it was never, you were never really given the tools on how to do that. Um, so it was, it was, it was hard. It was really hard. Yeah. I'm actually a little bit curious now that you mentioned going from, um, what was it? NNR and then mm-hmm. kind of, I'm assuming going to a more rapid acting insulin. Like I'm not sure if you're on Humalog or Novolog, but yeah. that narrative, how did that shift your management? Like, was it simplified of, Oh, it just acts right away. Or I, I don't know. Like, how was that transition? So my transition was a little different because I, when I switched off of NNR, I went onto a pump. So I never did injections with, um, at the, you know, at the time, Glargine, they called it Lantus. Um, I'd never used that before. Um, and I had never used a faster acting like a Humalog or Novolog. So I started on the insulin pump when I was 12. Um, I started on Animos which has since gone out of business. <laughs> um, I started on Animos on Humalog. And when they started me on it, you know, someone came and they trained me. So um, I didn't really understand how the fast acting insulin worked, I guess, because of the, the basil and the bolus and all that. It, I guess I didn't really see the, the direct difference. Um, but uh, obviously I, I came to learn it because I would go on shots occasionally, or if I broke a pump, which I broke a lot of pumps in the beginning, I think I broke like nine, my poor mother from sports and things, my poor parents, I don't know how they did it. But (laughs) Um, so it was for me, the transition to the different type of insulin was a little different. um, But transitioning to the pump was definitely interesting at, at 12 years old. So that made sense. Was because I again, I kind of feel like this is really common nowadays. Where if you're on shots or on MDI, it's kind of like, hey, here's this insulin pump. It'll make your life ten times easier. Which, to a certain mm-hmm. extent, I think it can, depending on your preferences. But mm-hmm. was it kind of in that same light of, hey, here's a device that will kind of be that I don't know, quote unquote, saving grace? Absolutely. I mean. I remember being a kid and my mom talking to me about it and she's like, Oh, if you go on this, you won't have to eat at certain times anymore. And I think for me, the hardest thing was with being on the injections was I had to eat at certain times, whether I was hungry or not. I mean, I remember my mom basically like force feeding me and I'm like, I'm not hungry. And she's like, you have to eat something because I have to give you your insulin. Um, or the other way around I'm starving. And she's like, you can't eat anymore. Um, so for me, I remember her telling me that, and she's like, you can eat when you want, or you can sleep in. Cause I would have to wake up on the weekends or in the middle of the night to eat or whatever. So when she told me that it was like, Oh my God, this, this is amazing. I don't have to do this strict schedule anymore and I can eat what I want and when I want. So hundred percent, it was definitely portrayed as like this new incredible thing and, and, yeah. I mean, in the beginning, it, I mean, not in the beginning, but in general, yeah, it was. It's definitely amazing technology. And even from when I was diagnosed to now seeing the evolution, it's like, 
how do we keep, how does it keep getting better? Because it's, it's huge. But how is that transition from like just being in your own care? Like I know that you mentioned your parents were a little bit more hands-on in the beginning. And then I'm assuming, I mean, making assumptions here, but with the pump, I'm assuming maybe that became more independent or just over the, the course of the years, how did that transition go? And maybe being more over, like having that oversight versus then doing it on your own and being more in control of your own management? Yeah, it was, for me, it was a pretty easy transition. I was a very independent kid. I wanted to do it. Plus, I always loved medicine. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I get to do this. Um, So for me, I I took control pretty quickly. Um, I remember my initial pump, my parents knew how to change it for me, change the cartridge and the tubing and drop the insulin and all that. And then by the time I got my second pump, which was, I guess, a few years, four years later, I think the warranty was four years at the time, um, they didn't know how to do anything on it. And I completely took over. So I was, what, 15 or 16 at the time. Um, and I remember I went to diabetes camp. I went to Camp Najetta, if anybody else went. <laughs> um, and I remember being at camp and I had to change my basal rates. Or I'm sorry another camper, they had to change her basal rates and she didn't know how to do it. And the doctors and nurses there didn't know how to do it. So I had to show them how to do it. So I was very, very independent. Um, so from a young age, I was, I wasn't changing things on my own. Like I would do it with the help of my parents and my doctor, obviously. Um, but you know, the doctor would say, we need to change your basal. And my parents would just look at me like, okay, go ahead do it. I'd be like, okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've been doing it a long time on my own and, and, uh, it was for me, you know, at that time it was, it was very empowering. Um, however, I, I will say that I think in a sense it, I don't want to say it backfired, but during my teen years, it was maybe not the best idea because then I started to get into that rebellious type phase where, you know, since I was in control, I was doing what I wanted to do. So, you know, forgetting to take my insulin, taking too much insulin, um, so on and so forth. Um, so during like high school was, it was not great, uh, my management, but, and I took the technology for granted sometimes. Like I would, uh, just refill it without changing it. So I'd keep my set in for like, Oh my God, days and days, like how I never got an infection. I'll never know. But yeah, I would just, Oh, it was bad. So (laughs) that always blows my mind because I'm on the Omnipod. That's the only pump I've ever been on. And it forces you to change it at the, like, it gives you 72 hours and then it gives you an eight hour, like, Hey, you need to change this. And at that eight hour mark, it'll just shut off. It means the most obnoxious beeping sound. And Mm -hmm. it like, so it always blows my mind when people say, yeah, I leave it on for like four or five days. I'm like, you can do that. (laughs) Yeah. Is it, 
I shouldn't confess this, but I still do it. (laughs) If I forget to change it, as long as like my sugars are still good and like, I'm still absorbing the insulin. I'm like, I'm going to keep it in another day. I would get way too Um, lazy. I I hate changing my pump. So I hear that. (laughs) No, it's, it's not always the best thing. Even my doctor's like, it says your average is five days. I'm like, I know. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did. That was the other thing is I did find ways to work around the technology. (laughs) You got too smart. (laughs) Maybe a little precursor to uh, becoming a nurse. Oh yeah. hundred (laughs) percent. So let's kind of jump ahead a little bit to, um, you know, maybe the last year or so, Mm -hmm. because obviously then you're in your adulthood, you're in your career, you know, how I kind of see it, especially with my transition, like I was in college when I was diagnosed. So I kind of got to use that time to, you know, not take it as seriously. It was a transition time. It was a a fun time. Um, But, you know, so moving into kind of now more recently in your adulthood, how has your, how has your management looked more recently? So it's changed pretty drastically. Um, After being on the pump for so long, I, really came to rely on it. So basically I really wasn't doing any of the math on my own anymore. Whereas initially, you know, the pump didn't do it for me. You know, I would still have to do my carb ratios and my correction factors and things like that. Um, you know, the math in my head, which I got really good at, um, for a while. Um, and then it turned into, you know, not really carb counting, just kind of guessing, putting what I thought was the carbs in my pump. Um, and then when it was wrong, just, okay, well, let me increase it a little, or let me decrease it a little, or let me change my basal rates, whatever it may be. Um, so it was very reactive. Um, I wasn't really taking a proactive, uh, approach to it. And frankly, I forgot how to check, you know, my carb ratios, you know, were they accurate? Um, Were my basal rates correct? Were my correction factors working properly? Um, Frankly, like I didn't even really know until like a couple years ago what insulin on board was. I was just, you know, my sugar was high. I was just taking insulin, taking insulin, taking insulin, you know, not realizing that, you know, I still had some working in my body, which you know, may seem silly because you know it works for a certain amount of time, but if you, I was never taught it, so I wouldn't really think of it. Um, so it really turned into this, like relying on my pump, um, you know, putting the info in and then whatever my pump told me, okay, well, that's what it told me. So that's what I need to do. And not really thinking for myself, um, which I came to learn (laughs) quite a bit in your program. Um, was completely wrong. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, it was just, the technology is fantastic, but when you use it as a crutch, um, you know, that's not healthy either. We still need to know, you know, what if it's not working properly or, you know, what if your ratios are off, which mine completely were, you need to know how to, figure that out and change them appropriately, use that data to, to make those appropriate changes. So I think I, I need to learn that. Yeah. And I think that's a really appropriate word for it, which is crutch, because especially when like, we've had a lot of these conversations, like when you're, 
living with diabetes for so long, some of these behaviors or like defaults that we have kind of become our autopilot or like auto mode for the lack of better (laughs) words with all the pumps. But you know, like our carb counting skills, our decision-making, these are all things that kind of, we go into our default mode and we're like, oh yeah, I, I, I think that's about 40 carbs or like this plate looks like about four units, whatever it is. And we kind of lean on that. And then now with all this new technology with like the auto modes or control IQ and basal IQ and, you know, individual to each pump, it's like, I feel like we're kind of given this narrative of the pump will just take care of it for you. Like, oh, you're going to go low. The pump will take care of it for you. You're sitting higher. The pump will give you more insulin, which is like really advanced technology. And I think it's really great. But like, can you dive into a little bit more of your situation of what that was actually doing for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I totally agree. You know, it, they, they use just like when I was younger, they used the pump as this, like, oh my God, this incredible thing. They're using it, you know, again, which like you said, it's fantastic. It's incredible, but it's also probably not the healthiest. And I saw that with myself. So, you know, when I started your program and, going through testing our baselines, um, I had my pump on, I didn't have the basal IQ yet, but I had the control IQ and I shut it off for the program because I wanted to see what was going to happen. And what happened was I was having significant amount of lows. And the reason for this was because my pump, when I was on control IQ was shutting off my basal rates nearly 40% of the time which is incredible. I mean, um, I just kept looking back. I just kept upping my basal rates to cover for my incorrect food boluses because my carb counting was off. So it was this whole vicious cycle where everything was off entirely. And, um, it, it, my sugars really suffered. I mean, fortunately, you know, we were able to work through it, but it just goes to show you when you rely on it so much, when it's not there, um, what are you really looking at? You know? And, and for me, it was like you said, my behaviors, you know, Oh, this looks like three units of insulin, not actually counting it, not putting the carbs into my pump. Um, you know, I wasn't really, using the technology the way it should have been used using it. I was abusing it in a way. Um, and I just came to rely on it so much that I lost all those previous skills and knowledge that I had. Um, so it was a huge eye opener for me to look back and say like, wow, I really need to make some changes and I really need to be more proactive in you know, making sure that these ratios and these settings are correct and mm-hmm. not just upping it as a band-aid to cover for incorrect bolusing. Right. And I think that's like, it just goes to show like, yes, the technology is so powerful, but what about when it gets taken away? Like what about when mm-hmm. you're, when your pump breaks or when like you decide to go on MGI, like if you're looking at those ratios and they're off, there's only so much intervention you can take when you're on pens and, you know, more manual, um, means of managing. So just kind of backtracking a little bit with, you know, going through this, this phase of your management. So kind of like guesstimating a little bit more, not feeling totally proactive in your behaviors. How did that influence 
your relationship with diabetes? Because I know that was something we talked about a lot too, and kind of one segue or one reason that you came into our program as well. Yeah. It impacted my relationship with my diabetes so negatively. I didn't even realize how bad it was. Um, So I struggled, you know, with my diabetes for a very long time. I think for me, I didn't realize what it meant when I was younger. And it wasn't until I was a little older that I realized like, wow, I have this the rest of my life. I have to do this every day (laughs) until the end. Um, And it was very overwhelming. And I, I had a lot of anger uh, towards it. Um, And then it wasn't until like college and nursing school that I was like, wow, I I really need to, to turn my life around and start taking care of this. And I did in a sense, but in a way it was like, I've used the word before. It was very reactive. I was avoiding certain things. Um, And it was so negative that the amount of negative self-talk was, I didn't even realize it until I started your program, how much of it there actually was, you know, the, the idea of you should know this, you know, being a nurse and being a diabetic for 22 years, you should know how to do this. You know, better than this. Um, Why are you doing so poorly? Um, And just, it was, it was really hard. Um, And for me, fortunately, you know, I realized how bad that relationship was, not only with, you know, me and my diabetes, but myself, just like thinking so poorly of myself. It was really, it was bad. Um, So the biggest, yeah, that was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to come into this program. I also don't have a big support system. I, you know, I have my family, but as a, you know, a diabetic community, I don't have that. Um, I don't have any friends that are diabetic. So for me, that was another huge part of this was I, I needed people who understood me, who knew what I was going through, who actually experienced it too. Um, that was huge. So I went into this program with my number one goal being to reestablish my relationship with my diabetes and really turn it around and really change my mindset. And a thousand percent, I have done that. I mean, my relationship has changed so much. My mindset around my diabetes is not anywhere what it, what it was. Um, and I, I just couldn't be happier about it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, so needed it. Like, I needed it. <laughs> just looking back over three months, it's like just even the way that you talk about your diabetes is so different than our first consultation call, which yeah. like, what was that pivotal? Cause I know, I don't know. I feel like when we live with diabetes for so long, it's kind of like, well, I've gotten this far just managing. So like, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Nothing's really going to change. What was that pivotal moment for you to decide I need extra support or I need this community to make a change like what made you book that I remember our dms I was actually looking at them the other day I was like Mm -hmm. what made you actually reach out and say hey this might be something that I need so it was a couple things um one of them was I was just so tired of feeling the way I was I was so tired of being angry and upset all the time and physically not feeling well you know no energy um it it was, I was so tired of feeling like crap. (laughs) I really was. Um, so that was a big reason for me. Another reason 
was, um, you know, I recently got married and it, it makes you think about your future and your life and what you want. And I realized that, you know, if I want to have a family and be there for them for a very long time, I need to start getting my stuff together. You know, I need to start really taking care of myself and not putting me on the back burner. I'm the most important person in my life. Like that's what I need to focus on. Um, and then lastly, honestly, like I didn't have social, obviously social media didn't exist when I was growing up. So I didn't really see other people with diabetes and I didn't really get to interact with them. So for me, like social media has been really nice because I can see other people with their Dexcom or their, you know, Omnipod or their pump. And it's just so nice to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one going through this. And that's when I was like, I, I need a support system. I need people who are there who can help me turn things around and who understand it, really understand it who have been through it firsthand. And that was one of the main reasons I found you because I was like, first of all, she's from New Jersey, so she's going to be <laughs> awesome. Um, <laughs> and I was like, and she's a diabetic herself. She knows what it's like. She gets it. Um, because I think for me over the last 22 years, the hardest thing has been going to see doctors and nurses who I mean, working in healthcare, it made me realize how little they know about diabetes. And it frustrates me so much because I'll have people I even work with, other doctors and nurses who are like, oh, well, your sugar's high. That's not good. And I want to be like, you have no idea. You have no idea what actually goes into it. My physical activity, my stress level, my hormones, my, everything, every little thing I do every day impacts my sugars. So to have so many years of people telling me, you know, how I should be or what I should do. And like, you don't get it. You really don't, unless you live with it every day. Um, and that's what I needed. I needed people who got it. And so those were like the three main reasons why I wanted to start this program because I, I needed that support. I needed that change and I was ready for it finally. So, took a long time, took 22 years, but here I am. <laughs> oh, but I'm, I'm so glad. I mean, I'm not glad that you got to that point where you're like, ah, like something needs to change, but I'm glad that you discovered the resources that were available and decided mm -hmm. to jump in because, I mean, we might've talked about it on our consultation call even, but I think there's such a difference between like just joining Facebook groups or joining, you know, joining social media or Instagram and following people because everybody has their kind of different approaches to diabetes. I think we can all agree with that. Like, you know, there are different diets, different programs and, and everything. But when you're joined with people who have such common goals as you, as like, mm -hmm. I know for one, like one of your goals was confidence in the decision-making, confidence in your pump settings, like taking a more non-restrictive and flexibility-centered approach like having those common goals is just it's just a different bond and it's a different it's just a different level of of teamwork and like camar camaraderie I can't even say that word well, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> almost um, but yeah I think I think it's just a different level of support that I'm not saying you can't find it anywhere else but it's just when you when you filter through the other approaches and the other outlooks on diabetes it just creates a different level of that support. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, to be going through the program with other people going through it too. And what I actually really liked was that, you know, we were at different stages. So like in the beginning, I was with some women who, you know, were in their fifth or sixth or seventh week, whatever it may be. And I'm starting at the the beginning and, you know, they were able to give me advice on how to, how to work through it. And then when I got towards the end, I could help do that with, with other, you know, people in the program and having other people there going through it with you. And like you said, I mean, our goals may not have been exactly the same, but just the goal of wanting to improve yourself and your care. I mean, it, it really was amazing. It was truly incredible and being held accountable and knowing I could reach out at any time to anybody, you know, Hey, I'm having trouble with this. Could you help me out? Or, I mean, just having that all there was like nothing I've ever experienced. I've never had support like that ever. I'm glad we didn't give it to you. <laughs> like I never know this. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, looking back, like I can, I can remember there were a few, there, it's not always rainbows and sunshines, right? When you're going through this process, right. obviously it's going to be like, it would be ideal to say, yes, I just, you know, figured out what's, what worked best for me and my blood sugars <laughs> showed for it. But I know that there were kind of a few like hills and valleys in the process. So do you mind kind of walking us through what your process looked like based on your goals and kind of how you were able to navigate that throughout yeah, the entirety absolutely. of the time? Um, yeah, there were definitely some tough times, um, in the beginning, you know, really going over those baselines, um, and discovering how much I was relying on my pump and not relying on my own knowledge and skills. That was, that was a big eye opener for me because, you know, I had been doing that for a long time, a very, very long time. Um, so to get through that, that was, that was hard. And then there were days, you know, I was at work and my sugars were just bottoming out every single day repeatedly, you know? So that was really difficult. And then sitting down and going through all the data and figuring out, okay, how do I change this basal rate? What do I change it to? How far in advance? You know, it, it's a lot of work. Um, it really was a lot of work. Um, obviously absolutely worth it, but it was a little daunting at times. It was a little overwhelming because, you know, as you go through the program and you incorporate each piece, um, you're like, Oh my gosh, well, I'm not done with this part. I got to do the next part. And, and in the end, it, it all comes together because you're able to incorporate everything, which is important, but, but going through each step, it, it just made me realize a lot about myself and my diabetes management. And yeah, it was hard. I mean, some of the days where my sugars were all over the place because I'm trying out new basal rates or trying out new carb ratios or, you know, after we did the how to dose for pizza class and I eat pizza and the next night my sugar is like 300. I was like, okay, well now I don't feel so great, <laughs> but you know, and then, and then two weeks later having pizza and seeing that flat line, I mean, it was, those were the highest. Mo I mean, I'm like, I don't want to get emotional, but like, it was really incredible for me, you know, um, seeing that being able to dose properly for that. I mean, yeah, there were some tough times, but, but it was, 
you know, then you get those amazing times. And it was, it was truly incredible. (laughs) I always emphasize that of, of, you have to go through the troubleshooting process and you have to figure out what doesn't work in order to figure out what works. And I know there were probably times where you're like, it would be so much easier just being on control IT right now and letting it take care of everything. It would, (laughs) it would have been so much easier. Let me tell you. (laughs) But now like looking on the other end of it, like you did a lot of that work, that backhand work with, with Jess, like you guys really paid attention to your body's needs, what your trends were, active days at work versus non-active days, parts of your cycle and like how really how everything worked together. So like, what did that, what did that lead you to? Like, how does that kind of, how is that showing up now? So to be honest with you, I, a lot of those things, like I, I knew that exercise affects your sugar and your hormones and your stress and things like that. Like, obviously, you know, a lot of us know these things, we see it. Um, I, a lot of times chose to ignore it and was like, oh, well, it's, it's my period. It doesn't matter. You know, whatever it's once a month. Um, but really taking the time to sit with Jess and, and showing her like, Hey, listen on, on these days, this is what's happening. What's going on here. Help me. And just having another pair of eyes to look at it. Um, you know, she was able to point out to me, she's like, Hey, are you more active on these days? And I'm like, yeah, like way more active. Okay. Well, maybe that's why you're having these sugars. And we created a whole nother profile for me to use on those days. And it's like, it's incredible the the difference, you know? Um, so having done all that work during that time and compared to now, it's, it was so much work in, at the time it, it was, it was a little overwhelming and daunting and but now, now that I have that and I know how to change it, it's so much easier. You know, I go into my week knowing, okay, Wednesdays and Thursdays are my busy days. So, you know, Tuesday night, I switch over my program to my other one. And I'm not dealing with this frustration of what is my sugar going to do? Is it going to go high? Is it going to go low? Like I know more of what to expect now. Um, and it doesn't seem like a chore. It, it, it's not what it used to be, you know, and looking at nutrition labels. Now I, I enjoy it. I'm like, Ooh, okay. How much fiber is in this? Like, how is this going to affect it? It's, it sounds silly, but you really do because it, it just because comes so much easier to take that first step as opposed to rage bolusing later or, having to eat, you know, 20 juice boxes later, you know, it, it just becomes so much easier to know what to do to do next. Um, so incorporating all that into my life now has been surprisingly easy. Um, yeah, I just, I take that extra couple of minutes to, you know, really look at what I'm doing and, and the outcomes are just, I mean, what I never would have expected. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're great. So really using the knowledge that I gained during the program um, has made a huge difference. And it's just, like I said, it's just so much easier to incorporate it on a day-to-day basis than I thought it was going to be. It's not like, every single meal you have to measure everything out and weigh it or no, like 
But since I was paying attention to those things before, now my mind automatically goes to it. I don't need to think about it. My mind does it. You know, I know this has a higher fat content. Okay, what am I going to do? And then if it doesn't work, I don't look back on it with judgment. I say, instead of saying, you did wrong or you didn't do a good job or it's, okay, hmm, this didn't work this time. What can we do next time to make sure it works? What can we change? Can I take my insulin earlier? Can I take it later? Can I do an extended bolus, which I never, ever, ever used before this program, which now I'm in love with, and temp basal rates, which I never used. Love them. Um, you know, it just, it it's like second nature now. You know, I... I'm like always putting on temp basal rates. I love them. They're like my new favorite thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed to how I'm managing myself and the fact that it's, it is second nature and it's not a hassle is incredible. It's so funny that you say that because I feel like, yeah, like kind of going back to your words in the beginning, that original avoidant mindset of this is so much to tackle at once, especially, but this is, you know, this is daunting. This is so much to handle. And then kind of going through the process, it's like, you're able to take that ownership back and like take that, the ownership goes in your own hands, which I think it really did for you. But it's, it's, it's like these things become fun of like, oh, everything's clicking. So now I, I want to go through the basal rate testing process or like, I understand the pattern. So this is empowering or like, something as simple as looking at nutrition labels and understanding what they actually mean and how they'll impact your blood sugars. It's like night, it's, it's night and day. It's very empowering. Yeah. But, I think empowerment is the perfect word to describe it. Mm-hmm. Perfect word to describe it because exactly like you said, not having that knowledge before, you know, it did, it seemed overwhelming. It seemed like a chore. It was like, you didn't want to do it. And now that like, I can look at it and know what I'm doing. It's huge. It's so empowering. And it really makes you feel good about yourself. It's funny because I don't think that you probably, I don't think that you would have used that word in the beginning. (laughs) It was looking, okay, looking at your, I have it pulled up right now, kind of your, when you onboarded versus the submission that you went, your offboarding survey. We, so for background, for anybody listening, we always measure um, four pillars in addition to our data. So we look at our en- energy levels, confidence in decision making, self reflection without judgment, and trust in body and blood sugars. And when you onboarded into the program, your ranking for self reflection without judgment was at a one. And do you mind just kind of sharing a little bit of insight of why, of why that was? Yeah, I like I said earlier. I mean being a nurse and being a diabetic for so long, I felt like I should know what I was doing. I should have perfect blood sugars. I should have the perfect A1C. I should be the perfect diabetic patient. Um, I have the knowledge. I should know it. Um, So the negative self-talk was just overwhelming. Um, And every time, you know, I would see a, a, a bad sugar on my Dexcom or on my glucometer, I would just immediately like feel this pit in my chest. Like you failed, you're a failure. Um, and honestly, I'm, I'm sure other diabetics have felt this too. Like I didn't even want to look at it. If I knew it was high, I'm like, 
I don't even want to look at it because I know it's high. And if I look at it, I'm just going to get angry. Um, and I would, I would get angry. So this looking back on what I did, I would just, Oh God, I was so mean to myself. So mean to myself, you know, that's not right. No, <laughs> but now, I mean, on your offboarding survey, you ranked self-reflection without judgment at a 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't even describe it. I wish people could see me because I have this huge <laughs> smile on my face. I'm like, I, because we're human. We're human. We're not perfect. Nobody is perfect. You know, we could, especially as diabetics, we could do the same exact thing two days in a row and get two completely different results. Um, it's how you respond to that that really makes the difference. You know, responding now with looking at those other factors, which you helped so much for me to do, because sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. It just went high. <laughs> but really taking the time to look at w what could be done differently for the next time and saying, it's okay. It's okay that this time, you know, my sugar went high. Next time, let's try this. And then, you know, maybe it doesn't work the second or third time, but just, just still keep trying. And, and that's where my mindset is, has really changed is, you know, looking at those other pieces and using those to make those changes as opposed to just blaming me, you know? Yeah. So huge. I, I literally don't recognize you. I'm the first call I'm a new until person. now. It's really, no, really. Cause like on our consultation call, you're like, I, I just, something needs to change. And that like, it just felt very like a culmination of all those years. And now it's yeah. like a fresh start, especially going into things like your career and, you know, maybe one day starting your family and all these different experiences. It just, it's really refreshing to see that outlook. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's really exciting. And, and my family sees it. My husband sees it. My family sees it, you know, it's a big change in, in 10 weeks. I mean, I never expected it to be this much, you know? Um, I, I'm just like in awe of myself too, of how far I've come. And I just, I wish I had done it sooner. I really do. That's my only you, regret. <laughs> you did it though. Like that. I always try to tell you guys, it's like as much as we can put the support and the resources out there, it's like up to you to show up. And I think, just looking back at everything, like everything that we see now is a culmination of you showing up. And if you don't mind, like, can I share kind of what that looked like before versus after just from a pure objective yeah. standpoint, like looking at, again, everybody, like we do check-ins, we do an onboarding survey, an offboarding survey to see kind of the comparison between before and after. And like, I think Christine, when you came to us, like you were not, you weren't judging your numbers in the sense of like, you're, you weren't unhappy with your numbers. You weren't saying like, my average is bad or anything like that. It's just like, I want my average to be a reflection of how I feel. And it wasn't feeling like that. Exactly. So, yes. Before, I mean, you had your average blood sugar was 141. Again, I think that's fantastic. And even just going through the process, bringing that to 125. And with that, your time and range, again, 67%. Like, I think that is still, that's absolutely amazing for a person living with diabetes, somebody on their feet all the time with a very hands-on job. But looking back now, that's at 
that's at 82%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not seeing that same fluctuation. So just looking at your standard deviation, that was at 51 and now that's at 36. Like, I, I just think like my whole mission is for, to help your blood sugars look for your blood sugars to correlate with how you feel. Yes. And that's the bigger picture that we want to see. Yeah. And it definitely didn't match before. I mean, I would go to my doctor's office and yeah, like my A1C was good, but I would say to them, I'm like, that's not real. Yeah. That's, that's my A1C, but that's not real. There, there's the roller coaster. There's the lows, there's the highs, there's, you know, feeling like shit, honestly, Mm -hmm. like, and now it's like, you know, yeah, you would look at that data beforehand and be like, Oh, that's, that's good. You know, but it, nothing compared to what I was feeling. Um, and, and that was with so much restriction, right. so much restriction, you know, I was restricting what I was eating and, and I wasn't doing certain things because I was afraid of what it was going to do to my sugars. And now, I mean, I'm eating pizza and bagels and, um, and I'm off the control IQ and I'm still doing it. You know, it, it's incredible. I'm not using the technology. I'm using my own, my own knowledge and my own skills and I'm still getting results like that. So it really goes to show you, you know, what, what we can do, what we're that. all capable of. Yes. Yes. Everybody. I love that so much because like, again, our mission isn't to take you off of control IQ and never go back on, but no. you should be able to work in it should be able to work in conjunction and work with you and your behaviors and your habits. And I think it just kind of goes back to that, but going for anybody who's listening, who might be in a similar position where they feel really reliant on the technology where they just don't feel like where their blood sugars, like their blood sugars look good. They're going into their endo. They're getting the pat on the back for the A1C and the average, but they're still not feeling great. Like what is your biggest piece of advice to somebody who has been there? My, my biggest piece of advice would be don't be afraid to take the step forward and become your own advocate. Um, you know, the doctors would look at me and say, oh yeah, you're doing a good job. Keep it up. But I knew it wasn't right. And I knew I needed something more. Go with your gut. Go with how you're feeling. If you're not feeling that what you're doing or what you're being provided with by your endo or your diabetes educator, whoever it may be, um, go out there and find it. You know, take that step. And I was terrified. I was afraid of what was going to happen, you know. Um, But don't be. You know, you're, like I said, you're the most important person in your life and we have to take care of ourselves and so that would be my, my biggest advice would be go for it. If you're feeling it, just jump right in. I love that so much. I think that's, again, going back to that empowerment mindset and that just more positive self-talk. I'm really happy that you're where you are now. And it's been like just so exciting to see on the other end and witness. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey. I think it's really, really empowering for everybody to hear. Because again, like we've all been there in one way or another. And I think just hearing that you're where you are now, it's really insightful for everybody to see. So thank you so much. 
No, thank you. Thank you so much. First of all, thank you so much for having me on here. Um, I feel so honored. Thank you. And and thank you for everything that you and, and Jess and Val, you guys did for me. I mean, I literally, literally would not be here without you guys. Um, I, I'm so appreciative of everything you guys have done. I think you're all incredible women and I have so much respect for all of you. So thank you. Thank you for taking a chance on us. Of course. <laughs> so glad I did.